1: Welcome to the Pure Desire Podcast, where we partner with you to bring hope and freedom on your journey to purity. Hey there, I'm your host, Trevor Windsor, and we're so thankful you're taking time out of your day to hang out with us. This is our first episode on the podcast, and we are so excited to spend our first episode with our guest and my co-host, Nick Stumbo. Nick is an author, a speaker, and is our executive director here at Pure Desire. Thanks for
2: being here, Nick. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. It's an exciting day and exciting to get a podcast uh, going for Pure Desire. I think it'll be a great way for people to connect with us, to grow in their journey, and uh, hopefully be a part of the ministry with us. Awesome. Well, Nick's
1: joining us today to talk about Pure Desire, who we are, what we do, where we're headed. Nick, let's just jump right in. You all right with that? Sounds great. That's why we're here. Okay, so... Nick, what is your role here at Peer Desire and how long have you been in that role?
2: Well, as you said, uh, my title is executive director. Uh, still in some ways figuring out what all that entails because I've been here about 11 months, uh, started at the beginning of September. And it's been uh, quite a journey for the ministry because as many of the listeners know, Ted Roberts is the founder, um, actually began it just as a ministry out of the local church uh, over 20 years ago. And so he essentially led the ministry for uh, all those years. And then about seven years ago, his son Brian came on board as the executive director, which at that time really meant the operations and business side, and he and Ted together were making decisions. And so I come on board as officially the third executive director after Ted and Brian but in some ways, it's a brand new role because I'm not the founder. I'm not Ted, and I'm not going to try to be Ted. But I'm also not Brian, doing who is still a, a significant part of our staff doing the operations and right. business side. Um, but I, I stand in this middle place of working alongside of our counselors and our production team and our events team and, and being the one that keeps us all on the same page and uh, hopefully sets a good course for what the future looks like. Uh, and then I'm also a major part of the speaking team and kind of that public representation of the ministry uh, more and more. When people call, uh, Ted Roberts isn't able to do the speaking and the traveling, uh, but that's a role that I've been able to pick up and uh, carry the, the representation of our ministry to churches and conferences around the country and ultimately around the world.
1: Yeah, and so I think it's easy for people who know Ted or around the Gresham area where we're located to already know what Pure Desire is Um, And so someone who doesn't know what Pure Desire is or doesn't know who Ted Roberts is or Diane or Brian, what would you tell that person? What is Pure Desire?
2: Yeah. Uh, Pure Desire at its heart is a ministry that comes alongside the local church to help them start ministries for men and women that are struggling with pornography, with sexual addiction, uh, with love addiction, any issues along that spectrum of the, the struggle that we all face with our sexuality and so we have a number of ways that we help people. Uh, I mentioned already the, a counseling team. We have nine counselors that provide a really excellent level of care for people that come to us for professional counseling, uh, an events team that hosts events all over the country so that people can be trained and equipped. Uh, and then we print many of our own resources, the books and the workbooks for a group material, And then we provide the coaching and the resources available for churches so that as they start groups, we don't just give them books and a handshake and say, good luck, but we're there to answer questions, to mentor support, to provide best practices. So we we really try to to be there at all the different phases of this battle, that whether it's someone who comes to us just because of brokenness in their own marriage and looking for help and freedom, we can help the individual couple. Mm Or on the other end of the spectrum, it might be a very large church saying, we need to do something for our people. And so then we coach them through how to begin this ministry. Yeah.
1: And eventually, in this in this podcast, we'll be talking about those resources, what it looks like to implement Pure Desire. But, uh, yeah, thanks for giving us that overview. So... Pure Desire isn't the only ministry organization out there that deals with sexual addiction. There's a lot, and there's a lot that we Thankfully, even yes. we like seeing yes. other other organizations. So, what makes Pure Desire so unique
2: then? Yeah, one of the things the Lord put on my heart as I started this role was to to never uh, look down on or compete with someone else that is also ministering in this area. Mm-hmm. We want to thank God for every ministry and person that feels a burden to help men and women that are struggling. And so we we champion the cause of all those ministries, but at at the same time, we do recognize uh, God has done something through uh, Ted and Diane Roberts' story, through the history of Pure Desire, that I really believe have made us uh, effective at what we do and have made us, um, or that God has used to make us a tool for the local church. So I I think some of the things that come to mind, I I think primarily of three words, uh, what makes Pure Desire unique. Uh, first is that we're very holistic. Then when it comes to the question of how does someone stop a struggle with pornography or acting out with sexual addiction, uh, there are a lot of traditional answers we give. Uh, the church answers kind of the try harder, pray more, read your Bible. And and all those things are very valuable and necessary, but alone, very, very few people find that that's enough to bring them success in really walking in freedom. So when I say ho- we're holistic, we really try to help someone understand healing uh, from the head, from the heart, and from the hands. When it comes to our heads, there is a level of brain interaction with sexual struggle, the chemicals that are being released through a sexual high, uh, the pathways that we've created through years, sometimes decades of choices. And we have utilized some cutting-edge brain science and research built on a biblical foundation, but utilized those tools as a way to help people understand what's going on in their thinking and in their brains, both the the physical side of the chemical reactions, but also the mental side of what are the thought patterns? What are the faulty thinking that I've gotten into? What are the lies that I'm prone to listen to? So we help someone in their thinking and in in their mind, in their head. But then it's also a matter of the heart, of really looking at uh, how has our woundedness from the past created these trails for uh, false beliefs to go down? How has that impacted the way we view ourselves, the way we view God? And we really believe that if someone battles their addiction with pornography or their struggle with pornography only through their thinking but continues to leave wounds and stuff from their past unaddressed, it'll be very, very challenging to change because it's, it's like they've, they've addressed the fruits but not the roots. Mm-hmm. It's those heart issues that really are the, the roots of, of addiction and struggle. And so our groups and our counseling and our events all are aimed at helping people get into the heart of why am I doing what I do? Where's the struggle coming from? And what are the root issues that might stretch all the way back into my early childhood uh, that have created these pathways? Mm-hmm. And so we look at the heart. And then the hands, uh, those are the behaviors that we need to modify. And right. that's probably the the one that most people are aware of. I mean, uh Steve Atterburn's book, Every Man's Battle, was kind of the anthem for the church for a lot of years. It and was my anthem. Yeah, his, his principles are fantastic. But right. if that's all you do is the, you know what, how do we uh, change our behavior, then you're just into behavior modification. And most people find that that alone won't change them. But we do certainly emphasize mm-hmm. healthy boundaries. What does it look like to have guardrails in your life where I know here's places I've chosen not to go, not because they're wrong, but because they're my part of my pattern. Right. And where are places that I can go instead? And I think that holistic approach is unique. There are a lot of ministries that maybe have one or two, but to have all three, I think, is part of what makes Pure Desire uh, really effective. Uh, Then the second word that comes to mind for me is comprehensive, Mm. uh, that we don't just help the men. We recognize this is a human problem, not a male or female problem.
1: Because the world tells us this is just a man's problem. And even the church, the local church, will say, that men are the only ones who are sex addicts and addicted to pornography, but we know that's not true.
2: Yeah, it's it's one of the myths we believe. It certainly is more pronounced among men, and their behavior tends to be more obvious or public. Right. Uh, where uh, It is more common for women to struggle with emotional issues, with affairs of the heart and the mind, uh, or a love addiction that might be about codependency, uh, but, but their issues can be just as real. And then many women, there's a very... A quickly growing number of women that also struggle with pornography and yeah. an image addiction. So, while the male brain is more visually geared, it's a women's issue too. Right. So, we're comprehensive in that we have group material for men who struggle mm-hmm. and for women who struggle. And then we have group material for the wives of the men who struggle and for the husbands right. of women who struggle because we recognize if you only help the one struggling but not the one who's been wounded by the struggle. Uh, the likelihood of long-term success and change is is not very high because it's a family systems issue that has to be addressed. Right. So that's a a real uniqueness about our counseling is that we counsel couples as couples. Mm -hmm. And because the the wife or the husband, who's maybe the one wounded, has an advocate on their side also speaking to their part of the the struggle, it's really effective in um, producing change in the marriage, Mm -hmm. and that coincides with the change happening in uh, the one who's struggling. So we're comprehensive in the groups for men and women, but also group material for teenage guys and teenage gals, yeah. for single-age college guys. Uh, we have marriage group and couple mm-hmm. material. So we're comprehensive that a church knows if, if we're working with pure desire, we're not just going to help our guys. We're going to help all the people in our church right. uh, walk towards freedom. Yeah. And then the the final thing that comes to mind about what makes us unique is that it, it's effective, mm-hmm. that this is not just a try harder, sin less, relapse less often. The story we routinely hear as of people walking in freedom for the long haul, right. that it's not just about stopping a behavior, it's about changing the way we, we do life mm-hmm. and changing the way we face pain, which right. is at the root of addiction. And I think because of our holistic and comprehensive approach, the change we see, the life change Uh, is very, very significant. And so I, and again, not to ever downplay someone else that's uh, working in this area, but I think I see too many ministries that are kind of helping people modify behavior. And it's successful to a point. But when you really get into changing the way someone does life, Mm -hmm. uh, that's where lasting change comes and and makes Pure Desire such an effective ministry.
1: Well, and you look at Romans 12, and you talk about heart transformation and head transformation leads to hand transformation, and I think that that's something we both have experienced in this ministry is that it's even holistic and just how it helps me and serves me as a man. I become a better man, not just someone who's not addicted to pornography. Yeah. So, yeah, that's awesome. And, and you know, as you're saying that, I'm hearing, I mean, I know a little bit about your background. Um, and I know that you've been in pastoral ministry before, so I know you have a heart for the church. And so, you know, slipping into this role, into Pure Desire, Uh, It seems to be quite an easier transition, I guess, for you. So how does Pure Desire help the local church and and kind of talk about your heart for serving the local church there, too?
2: You know, Trevor, I think that's one of the things that actually drew me to Pure Desire. Uh, I was at a church that I loved and serving people I loved, many of whom were my friends. we had been there a long time. And so we had no reason to leave local church ministry other than that we felt God call us to this. And I knew that at the heart of Pure Desire was our mission to help the local church, So we're here not to be a place that the church sends their people to, but we're here to come to the local church and say, how can we support, assist, and Mm -hmm. serve you in in ministering to your people? Because we believe that this battle will be won or lost in the local church. And so if if Pure Desire is fantastic at what we do, but no one in the local church is running the ministry, it won't last long, and our our impact won't go very far. So we, we serve the local church in a lot of ways. I mean, as I've mentioned, our, our counseling staff ministers uh, to a high percentage of pastors and people in ministry. Mm-hmm. I think that's the starting point is that if leadership is unhealthy, how can we ever address this in the church? Right. And so we really prioritize helping pastors and staff members know that this is a safe and confidential place for them to get healing, uh, to be restored, and to be able to continue in their ministry mm-hmm. Uh, and not have to wait for some major crisis or crash before they can seek help. And so uh, we, we provide help that way. Then, as I mentioned, we, we have the resources for groups, but also the, the coaching through something called our, our regional group leaders. Yeah. So every church in the United States and really around the world that uses Pure Desire group materials has someone living in their region that they can call who is an experienced veteran group leader and ask all the questions, the whatabouts and the what if this happens or that mm-hmm. comes up. Because for most local churches, it's going to be the first time they've seen it. But for a regional group leader, uh, they've maybe been around uh, sure. that, that one issue many times. And they have best practices in mind, things that they've seen be effective. Uh, we like to tell people that we've paid the dumb tax on a lot of things, on a lot of different questions. And so you can learn from our experience. Yeah. So we, we partner in that way. And then just continuing to provide uh, opportunities for equipping and training through our Pure Desire University. Yeah. Uh, all those are ways that we serve the local church and uh, and really make it an ongoing relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Not just, hey, buy our books and good luck, but right. we want to be a part of seeing you succeed and be successful. Yeah,
1: and really what I'm hearing is, is we're dedicated to development is what we are. Development of people and discipleship of people as they, they grow in their relationship with Christ and grow really in healthy, healthy ways emotionally and sexually. So we, we serve the local church, and we'll, we'll get into that in, the, in the future episodes, but we do groups, we do events, we have counseling and resources, but beyond just those things, how else can we serve the local church?
2: Yeah, one of the things we do to serve the local churches through partnerships and something we call the Pure Desire Leaders Program. In the past, we called it POW, Prisoner of War. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it came out of Ted Roberts' heart and his experience as a fighter pilot. Mm-hmm. But recognizing the double-edged sword, a pastor or a leader can feel where if I'm in ministry and I'm struggling with this issue because the church and our theology says I'm not supposed to, and it, it maybe invalidates my ministry, that's our fear. And so we feel like if I speak out and get help, I lose my career. Mm-hmm. But if I stay silent and do nothing, it gets worse and continues to wreck my life, and so therefore the term prisoner of war. Uh, What we found is that that made some people feel like it was only an option when they were at a crash and burn point. And so that's why we rebranded it with a more user-friendly title, the Pure Desire Leaders Program, because what it's meant to be is a covering for uh, a larger church, or maybe a district of churches, a whole denomination, as we have a few denominations now, mm-hmm. or a, a parachurch ministry that says, we wanna provide a covering for our staff, kind of like an emotional health insurance yeah. that has benefits that are both proactive and then, um, and then also benefits that are aimed at intervention. So proactive in that it, it provides some, uh, they can come to our university for free, they can get our resources at a discounted price, They can get some coaching from a staff member at Pure Desire of how to implement the program. Uh, They get an anonymous phone number that they can hand out to leaders that just want to call and ask a few questions. Uh, All kinds of things a leader could benefit from before they ever have experienced a kind of crash or a failure. And then on the other side, if if there is an issue of addiction or a need for uh, counseling, uh, some intervention to... um, bring about healing and restoration in the life of the pastor or leader, then all of those services are available at a, a discounted price for our partners. And again, the, the heart behind the partnership is about the relationship, that we want a, a district or a denomination or a parachurch ministry to feel like we have a teammate. We have someone that, that is working with us to provide integrity and purity and wholeness among our leaders. Mm-hmm. Because as I said earlier, as, as the leadership goes so goes the organization or the church. Yeah. And so we, we proactively look for partners that say we're, we're ready to engage at that level because when an organization is ready uh, to do that, if, if they're not just offloading it to us, that's something I try to be careful to explain, that we're not just here to you know make your problem go away. Right. We're here to partner with you to help your people. Right. And when an organization is ready to do that, I think it's a tremendous way for them to, to open up those doors so that a leader knows there's grace here. Yeah. There's the ability to be real, to be honest, and to get help, um, and and to not fear losing my career in the process. Yeah.
1: You know, you've mentioned a couple times the Pure Desire University, and you talked about you being on the speaking team, and we just explain briefly what the Pure Desire University event that we put on, what it is.
2: Yeah. For those that haven't gone, it's uh, basically a Friday night, all-day Saturday uh, training and equipping seminar. Uh, we've designed it primarily for those churches that are beginning to implement groups and they're looking to train leaders or develop more leaders. And then when we have it, it becomes a regional event that typically there's a number of churches at a place where they're running groups and they just want to learn how to run them better mm-hmm. or how to send some of their group members that might become leaders in the future. But we've also found that people will hear about it and they're just in the middle of, of their struggle. You know, it's come up in the marriage or at home and They don't know where to turn, and they'll show up at our seminar uh, pretty broken and wounded, and it gives them some real foundations, some real answers. Uh, Maybe they're not at a church looking to start groups, but it gives them an understanding of what steps to take next, and very often they'll find a connection to a local church where they're able to get connected to groups. Uh, So we we have uh, about eight different sessions. Typically, we bring three different people as part of the speaking team so Mm -hmm. that there's a variety of voices, both male and female, Mm -hmm. uh, that are presenting on a a variety of topics from grace and shame to understanding the neurochemistry of addiction, what's going on in the brain, uh, what are the tools that are effective for change, family dynamics, group dynamics, Mm -hmm. um, how do we address woundedness in someone's life, and and then lots of time for Q&A because that's... A big part of it it seems like no matter how many yeah. uh, answers we provide, there's always the but what about um, and right. so a lot of Q and a time for people to ask those questions and and we hope to walk away feeling equipped uh, to engage at a greater level with a group or a peer desire ministry in their local church and the event is just awesome I mean I you know I've been to a few of them,
1: you know especially now that I'm on staff, and it's just been I feel like every time I go I learn something new and I, and I'm hearing really a lot of the same content. I mean, you guys switch some things up and and add some new content here and there, but overall the message is the same. And every, I mean, I've been to four or five of them and every one I've walked away just like, wow, I don't really remember hearing that the last time. And so it's impactful every time.
2: Yeah, that's always a fun part of the universities. They can become a little bit of a, almost a family gathering that people that have been using Pure Desire materials for years will show up because it's Pure Desire and they maybe know us or know someone on the team or know others that are coming and it's just a great place for them to be refreshed on best practices and yeah. and to, to meet other people that are using the material and the, the networking that goes on between churches and groups where they learn about, oh, you guys promote it this way. We'd never thought of that. Or we never had considered using this as a first step or a next step. And uh, so even churches that have been using Pure Desire materials for a decade will have leaders come back again and again because yeah. it just continues to build that uh, base of of knowledge and experience for their church.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. So we encourage all the listeners to at least check out a Pure Desire University in the area. And if you've been to them, please invite more people. We want to get uh, this training into other people's hands so we can we can get healing to the church. So, Nick, you have been a part of Pure Desire for a little less than a year as the executive director. But uh, when you were a pastor previously, you have had experience with Pure Desire. So can you kind of, I guess, share a little bit of your story and your experience with Pure Desire I just we can get to know a little bit about your background.
2: Yeah. Well, I like people to know that uh, my story is shared in my book Setting Us Free that's on our website. And I say that not as a promo for the book, but so anyone <laughs> listening will know that there's nothing new I'm sharing here that I haven't shared with others for a long time and that my wife is fully aware yeah, and it's important. And and some of our you know, our stories can feel very personal and so I just want people to know I, I feel like God called us to use our story to um to give others that freedom and grace to know it's okay to face this and it doesn't make you some kind of less than Christian or Christ follower. Uh, so so my story with Pure Desire really began uh, in 2010, although the, the starting point was much earlier in my life. So at 2010, the honest truth is that my marriage was at a breaking point. Uh, we'd been married for 10 years and I had had Uh, what I kind of think of as the typical binge-purge relationship with pornography, that I never lived a double life, I never had a secret stash, but I certainly had secrets because every month or two, I would find myself relapsing back into that behavior. And uh, fairly often I was sharing it openly with my wife because she was someone that knew about my struggle. I'd been open with her before we were married. And I'd always convinced myself and done my best to convince her that it wasn't about her, it had been a struggle before I even met her and I felt like in my own mind I was making progress and it was getting better that I felt like I was struggling less often and when I did it would go less deep mm-hmm. but to my wife it seemed like it was becoming more painful and so there was this very weird uh, divergence of feelings that I felt good that I was doing better quote unquote right and she felt worse because it just continued to happen mm-hmm. and I was pretty blind to her pain but in February 2010 where I'd had yet another binge-purge cycle and had confessed to her, I realized the pain level in her life was at the point she was ready to leave our marriage. And that was really a wake-up call, because here I am, a pastor from the outside, very successful. Our church was growing every year, adding new families. We had three young, beautiful children at the time. And so it seemed like the ideal situation. But to know that on the inside, everything was about to come to a crashing halt was just uh, really a wake-up call. And so God used that pain in my life to give me an openness that, all right, I'm ready to do anything, Mm -hmm. anything to change. And so in April of 2010, we were at our district conference for churches in our denomination, and Ted Roberts came and shared a message out of the book of Hosea. And then our district leadership got up and talked about a partnership that they were going to have with Pure Desire. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the sad or maybe somewhat humorous reality of that day as I look back is that I should have been running down the aisle for this offer, that they wanted to help pastors, um, if it didn't involve anything illegal or if it didn't involve another person, that they would help them keep their jobs and find freedom. And and this offer, I mean, it was like ready-made for me, and I should have (laughs) been standing at the front of the line to sign up, but I actually sat there that day with my arms crossed, looking around the room of about 300 other pastors, thinking, wow, I hope the guys that really struggle are listening. Because this sounds like a good program. And, and, you know, that's the nature of our struggle. We all tend to rationalize and minimize and we're stuck in a little denial. So we always think someone else is worse. I've got mine under control. Mm -hmm. And I I was thinking I'm I'm doing better because now, you know, it had been two months. I'd had made all these big changes. I was creating all kinds of boundaries in my life that I thought were good. But the truth is I knew on the inside nothing had changed. Mm -hmm. That it was only a matter of time when I was at the wrong place at the wrong time that it could happen again. And by God's sovereignty, my wife was also at that conference. And uh, I say God's sovereignty because my wife only came to about a third of my conferences, pastoral conferences at the time. And when I looked over at her, her eyes were big as saucers. You know, they were glistened with tears. And the expression on her face was of hope Mm. uh, and a hope that I hadn't seen in this area in a long time. And so I knew then that I was going to go meet Ted Roberts and uh, discover this program. And we did. I I drugged my feet the whole way. I tried very hard to convince people I didn't need it. Uh, But thankfully, people that knew better than I did weren't listening. And they continued to direct me towards this path. And we walked for the next year through the counseling program with Pure Desire, my wife and I, as a couple. We were also in groups, one for me uh, as the one struggling and also for my wife as the one who felt wounded and betrayed and that year was nothing short of transformational. Mm-hmm. And I don't use that word lightly because it it truly changed everything. It changed my life. It changed the way I approached ministry. It changed our marriage. And then ultimately it changed our whole church. Because at the end of that year, uh, th- at a weekend service, I shared a message out of Romans 7 and talked about uh, addiction and said, I'm not talking about addiction through the lens of others. This is my own story. Mm-hmm. And I uh, w- was very honest about my struggle um, in a, public appropriate way. I asked for their forgiveness and then I also asked for the church's help in starting a ministry for men and women who struggled. And there was an outpouring of men and women who wanted to start groups and we watched over the next five years it really transformed the culture of our church, save marriages, um, bring men who were really stuck on the fringe in their faith, bring them into being full participants in the church and in worship and I saw guys raising their hands in worship who had walked through the Pure Desire groups into freedom that before I didn't even know if they liked the worship service. (laughs) And and you realize, oh, this has been their challenge. This has been their hurdle. And so we just watched God continue to use it. That's what led to the book uh, in 2013, setting us free and occasionally speaking with Pure Desire. And so as that relationship continued to grow, uh, that's how I ended up becoming part of the staff was just, it felt like god's intentional plan in our life through some of our very most painful days yeah. uh, to god using it for his glory in some of the greatest ways we could have ever imagined
1: and that's awesome i mean and, and i think that your story is is exactly why i love what pure desire does and and really what it is 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 that you get men who are you get men who are healthy and once you get men who are healthy you get marriages that are healthy and then you get churches that are healthy and then the culture changes and so that's, that's an amazing story. Thanks for being open and vulnerable, even though we know it already is in your book in public. Um, we know that you've been through this. Like, it's not just something that uh, you came on on staff uh, having no idea what Pure Desire is. So you've experienced it. And, and so now in your role as the executive director, where do you see Pure Desire going in the future?
2: You know, the stat that is on my heart a lot uh, came out in the porn phenomenon done by the Barna Group last year. And they asked a simple question, you know, does your church have an intentional plan to help men or women that are struggling with pornography? And only 7% of churches answered that yes, they had a plan. Hmm. And if you look at the stats as it relates to pornography, anywhere from 65 to 70% of Christian men having a regular struggle with pornography, 30 to 40% of Christian women those numbers would suggest that 100% of churches should have a plan. Absolutely. And so as I look at the future of Pure Desire, I I think that's it, is helping churches have a plan. And whether it's under the banner of Pure Desire or some other ministry ultimately isn't the most important thing. Uh, It's that they have a plan that's working. Mm -hmm. And so I think of a, a parallel in terms of marriages, that I think the vast majority of churches in our country have some sort of plan To help or encourage men and women in their marriages. Mm -hmm. And then there's names like Focus on the Family that just about everybody knows Focus. That doesn't mean every church is using it, but they know them as someone that is reliable, trustworthy, and experienced in this area. And that's my heart and dream for Pure Desire is that when people think of pornography or sexual issues or struggle that someone is having, a name that comes to mind is Pure Desire. That they know we're reliable, we're effective, we're trustworthy and that we're built on the gospel. And and that that message is just uh, pervasive in the church because I don't know that there's ever been uh, a topic in the church where the struggle is so great, but the level of response in the church is so low. Mm -hmm. And if we can help close that gap, if we can start to turn the tide uh, in our culture where the church is a place that has answers to the struggles men and women are facing their sexuality, I think it's going to become the most powerful evangelism tool the Mm -hmm. church has had in a long time. Because we we might lament the brokenness of um, the church when it comes to sexuality, but when we look at culture, we see it, it's so much worse even. Yeah. Um, and, and we're obviously not immune in the church, but the level of um, sexual struggle that men and women are diving into from a young age in culture is creating a backlash where people are beginning to look around and say, this can't be... there is this can't be the best way this can't be what my hormones and sexuality were designed for and if they can look to the church and see they have an answer they have a better way and it's not just don't do that don't touch this try hard or stay away but it's a message of grace and hope and freedom and joy I think we're gonna see people flocking to the church in droves to say we want what you have because in this area we're clueless And right now, unfortunately, 7% of churches with a plan to help men and women, right now the church is a little clueless too. But we can change that because there are ways that that work in setting men and women free. And I I, I see Pure Desire being a major player in that for many, many years to come.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we're excited to move forward and we're excited to see more healing happening uh, personally in marriages and in the church. Okay, so finishing up our first episode, what can listeners expect from the Pure Desire podcast and why should people listen?
2: Well, because we're just so awesome. I mean, that's the answer, (laughs) right? right. Like, why wouldn't you listen is a better question. No, I I think what we hope to to see in this, it's a place where people feel like they've got friends in the journey. They've got people they start to know, and uh, whether it's our voices or the other um, guests and staff and people that are part of the Pure Desire ministry that they'll hear about, that they feel like, I'm not alone in this. And there's a place I can turn to where there's hope, there's answers, uh, and there's there's people that have walked this road ahead of me. And so we hope for many people to become uh, a weekly landing spot where they just say, that's that's a place where I get encouraged. I'm Sometimes I'm reminded of things I already knew. Sometimes I'm given new information. And it, it becomes a place that just supports all of the changes we see happening in our lives. And, uh, and we hope people will have uh, fun listening. We hope we'll get some of their ideas of what they'd like to hear covered. Absolutely. And it becomes that place that they just feel... Uh, like they're a part of something. because we know when you're when you're in the midst of this battle, the enemy's plan is isolation. and it's to keep people alone and secrecy and in shame. And if through a podcast we can continue to break through that isolation and say, you're not alone. it's not a, it doesn't have to be a secret thing that you're uh, ashamed of. Yeah. It's something you can face and find freedom and hope. And if we can be a voice to that, I think that's what we hope to accomplish with this podcast. Absolutely. Well, thanks,
1: Nick, so much for spending time with us today and letting us get to know you better and and hear about where Pure Desire is currently and where we're headed. And thank you for listening to the Pure Desire podcast. If you like what you're hearing and want to keep up with the podcast, please subscribe and check out our website, puredesire.org. Also, you can follow us on social media at puredesirepdmi. Once again, that is at puredesirepdmi. Thanks for listening to the Pure Desire Podcast. For more information, check out our website, www.puredesire.org. Check in each week for new content on the podcast, and we pray that it will help you find hope and freedom on your journey to purity. Here's what's coming up next week on the Pure Desire Podcast.
3: Without guidance, without a plan then um, it's gonna end up in divorce about 75% of the time.
1: That's not who I
2: am. Why do I respond that way in those certain situations?
1: He's
3: not doing that behavior anymore, so why aren't you having sex?
2: It feels like death and they don't wanna die, but they, they don't wanna stay in that much pain and their only other option left is divorce.
3: A therapeutic separation is we're gonna do all we can to stay married. This is a separation for the purpose of healing, not to see if we wanna stay married or not. There's
1: a reason why this person's a professional. They can handle that sort of information. They've done this before. They can help you through the process.
3: I didn't realize how difficult it was for me to be alone. And unfortunately, in, in betrayal, trauma, sexual addictions, the spouse ends up being the perceived threat. Spouse isn't the enemy, but it's the perceived threat.
1: If I quote that verse, it could be very black and white in my head, and black and white is very easy, but this situation is not black and white, it's very gray.